What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. Happy Tuesday. Hello, hello, everyone. We hope you're having a good week, a good morning, or afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening. And we're coming at you with another guest episode today, which is very exciting. I feel like it's been a minute since we did a guest episode. Um, But today we are chatting with Sophia Solis, um, who's a 21-year-old fashion influencer turned tech startup founder. She founded this company called Clia, which is like an online project management tool specifically made for content creators. So she's like kind of using, I'm sure, her own knowledge of being a content creator, being a fashion influencer and figuring out, you know, the pain points of that. And we got to chat with her a little bit about, you know, that experience from content creator to creating a tool that is supposed to be useful for content creators and just fashion stuff. You guys know me. I love fashion. I love picking people's brain about personal style and things like that. So it was really fun chatting with her about that. Yes, we covered personal style. We covered tech startup stuff, especially because she didn't come from a technical background. So yeah, it's a good one. But before we do, before we get into the episode with Sophia, let's do our segment starting with the week in review. So I'm like, trigger warning, Ukraine. Um, I feel like this past week, I've really kind of experienced like both extremes of like the spectrum (laughs) of life. Yeah. Um, Because on one hand, I actually had like a really ideal weekend by like my own definition. Like I went to get brunch two days and I spent a lot of time outside and like walked a lot and like went to a bookstore. Like I feel like it was just a really great weekend. I still like got the stuff done that I wanted to do and I saw a lot of friends. And so I was feeling good in that sense. But um, obviously the situation in Ukraine has escalated quite a lot. And if you guys don't know, I am a first generation American and I'm from that part of the world. My parents immigrated from the Soviet Union and um, I have family in what is now Belarus. So Um, We're recording this, I guess, just to be transparent. We're recording this on February 28th. Mm -hmm. So I know that this episode's not coming out for a week or so. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if things will have changed. I feel like it's so hard to like speak on issues that develop so quickly. Quickly, yeah. You know, because I'm like, I I don't even, I mean, I hope things haven't escalated beyond where they are now in a week, but like who knows what could happen in a week. Um, So I've just had a lot of like, anxiety about all of that just because I feel like it's hard to explain to people that aren't from that part of the world but like it it really people from eastern Europe like really are all the same blood and like everyone kind of thinks of it that way like same religion same culture like just so much shared history and like shared experience that like yes there are political boundaries but I really think most average people don't really think of it that way. Like I have family members that are Ukrainian. I have family members that are Belarusian. I have family members that are Russian. And it's like, you don't even think of it because so recently they were all the same place. Like 30 years ago, it was all the same. And obviously I think it's great that, you know, these countries have their independence now in theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and that, you know, they can make strides towards democracy and all of that. But like at at the core, it almost feels like a civil war in a weird way, like a civil war yeah. being run by a dictator because genuinely like all the people are like the same blood. Like, so it's very strange. And like my family that lives in Belarus has kind of like started talking to my parents and like code and just like trying to be extra careful because like they don't know if like they're being surveilled and like all this stuff. Oh my God. Um, so just like sending good vibes and we're going to have resources linked down below. We also did yeah. last episode. So um, obviously I think it's anxiety inducing for everyone to just know that like we live in 2022 and we're not beyond the point of like a dictator um, being able to make these terrible choices that affect the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> literally. It's yeah. It's just crazy that like we're not beyond violence and stuff like as a society. So Take care of yourself, even if you're not – I mean, if you're directly impacted, like, I especially feel for you and, like, feel free to DM me. Yeah. Um, and if you're not especially impacted, like, I think it's still very valid to, like, be having anxiety and, like, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's just a lot. So I feel like I very much – I'm, like – like, I'm, like – I was kind of on a high of, like, wow, like, I had such a great weekend and all this stuff. And it's, like, I'm just – I don't know. Like, guilt almost over it. Like, yeah. you know, why do I get to live this, like, life of peace and, like – pleasure when there's people that like that could so very well be me like had my parents not immigrated here and all this stuff so it's just it's just a lot for me so yeah that's where I'm at <laughs> yeah well and I mean it's been a lot for me too and like you said like I'm not even directly impacted by this like I don't have the additional fear of like family members and just like I I'm not as like involved I guess is yeah. for lack of a better word and I still have been feeling like such incredible anxiety and just like it's so heartbreaking to watch I think it, you put it really well when it's you said that like it's really hard to swallow that we haven't moved past this and yeah it's really hard to swallow the fact that like this one man has enough power to literally be doing this and it's that's scary and so everyone yeah. has every right to be scared about that especially people like you um and especially people over in eastern europe who are very directly impacted right now so i also hope that well also like i was in russia in pretty recently like yeah. in the last couple of years and so it's also been crazy for me to think that like such a you know, I had like such a great experience there and like it was so culturally rich and interesting. And it's like also sad that those people are going through it because most citizens of Russia don't agree with this. And I also just hope that people that live here, Russians that live here, aren't affected by like any xenophobia. Like I haven't really heard of yeah. anything like that yet, but I, you know, given everything that happened with COVID and like Asian Americans, like I think it could be something that develops. And I've already seen like you know, for example, New Hampshire liquor stores removed all Russian liquor from their shelves. And oh it's God. like, I get that that's more of an economic sanction, but I yeah. just hope it doesn't translate to like any anti-Russian sentiment. Because like I said, I really think the Russian people don't want this either. Like it really yeah. is just yeah. him. Like, so yeah. Anyway, that's a good point to make. Like, on a lighter note. <laughs> yeah. On a lighter note, I, ke I kept my week in review fun and fresh for us. <laughs> Um, mine is like, I don't have much to say other than I'm in my fitness era, people. It's me, fitness influencer, Kylie Chisholm. Uh, happy to see y'all. I don't know why. I've just been so into like, I would say joyful movement. 
I've just been having fun, like working out. I've been very motivated to work out. I found it to be like a really great de-stressor. And I'm at a point in my life where like, even when I don't want to work out, like I'm remembering the feeling that you get after Mm -hmm. you work out and like, it's enough. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. I've just been on a roll recently. I've been doing, I've been moving my body. I've been feeling pretty good mentally and physically. Uh, and, but my wallet is not feeling good because I've been buying a lot of workout gear, uh, to fund this fitness era. So that's all I have to say about that. Y'all know that I'm a Peloton, uh, stand through and through. I'm in the cult and I'm not mad about it. So that's been, I've, but I've been exploring like different classes because obviously they have like the cycling classes, but cycling really is just cardio and like Mm -hmm. doing cardio every single day or like even five times a week is just like a recipe for burnout. Like no one wants to do (laughs) straight up cardio that much. So I started exploring like the strength classes, yoga classes, even like stretching and things like that on the bike. And I don't know. I'm having fun. This is not sponsored. I freaking wish it was sponsored more than anything in the world, but it's not sponsored by Peloton, but I really like it. And (laughs) it's, it's brought me to my fitness era. So we'll see how long this lasts. Watch next week. I'm like out of fitness era, people. (laughs) The fitness era is over. But for now, I'm enjoying it. So this is your reminder to move your body and a reminder that like you do not need to be sweating, red faced, heart rate through the roof, about to throw up for it to be a quote unquote good workout. Because that's something 2022, one of my goals is to like unlearn that Mm -hmm. mindset. Like literally going for a walk, you worked out. Great job. Mm -hmm. Joyful movement, mindful movement, you did it. Check it off. But if you also want to do like a really hard workout and get your heart rate up, awesome. That's good too. So I don't know, just having fun, working out, doing my thing, living life. Love that. You know the vibe. (laughs) I've been thinking about getting um, ankle weights. Like, you know, what is is that brand? The Bala ones? Yes. Do you like? Do you use them? I don't have the Bala ones. I got some from TJ Maxx. Um, Okay. I don't use them. I kind of keep forgetting that I have them. Like right the second I – this is me remembering that I own them. (laughs) They are probably great for walks though. I think I did find – I prefer them on my um, wrists for walks Mm -hmm. because I was finding – I don't know if you'd have this problem. I was finding on my ankles, it actually ended up hurting my hips a lot. Oh, and I think you would m- maybe have the same problem because <laughs> dancer girlies know that <laughs> our hips are incredibly weak <laughs> and we need yeah. to be strengthening them. But interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it out because really the main thing that I've been doing lately is walking. I mean, I have a gym membership yeah. and like it could be even interesting to try the ankle weights with like 12, 330 or something too. Um, but I just think that would spice it up a little more. So yeah, yeah. Walking is like my number one. Like if I had to pick my favorite like form of movement and working out, I would pick walking mm-hmm. above all else. It's my absolute yeah. favorite. Like I, I noticed yesterday on my watch, I um I walked nine miles and I was like, wow, wow, doing what? Fitness like, era. Anya's in her fitness even. era. <laughs> Just like Ubers are expensive era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, relatable. <laughs> Yeah, so. that, that's my week. That's my life. <laughs> Let's move into our favorites. So my favorite this week is a perfume. 
Um, and it's funny because I had this on my Christmas list and my mom declined to buy it for me because she had not heard good things. Like she felt like the reviews weren't <laughs> that good and like her okay. her good friend's daughter had it and like wasn't impressed. So um, I didn't get it for Christmas, but I was kind of sad and like still remained curious. So I ordered it for myself um, and it's Glossier U. Uh, it's Glossier's only fragrance. Um, and ironically, so I got the uh like eau de parfum like the liquid version Mm -hmm. and like literally two days after i ordered it they came back out with the solid version so if it if it were me now i would probably get the solid version just because it's a lot more affordable and portable Mm -hmm. um i think the like the actual perfume is like uh like 60 dollars and the solid is like 30 or something and it comes with like a refillable case yeah so i would go that route um if it were an option when i ordered it but I really like the fragrance itself and I've been getting a lot of compliments on it. Like, wow. Um, which is funny because people are wearing masks, but they still compliment me. And I'm kind of like, am I wearing too much? Like, <laughs> but I've had like multiple people be like, wow, I really like your perfume. Or like, they'll say like, it reminds them of something or whatever. So it's been interesting. And the whole thing with Glossy AU is that it's supposed to smell slightly different on everyone. Like it's supposed to kind of bring out different notes by like blending with your specific pheromones, which I guess is probably the case for like all perfumes, but yeah. um, they really play that up. So I don't really, I'm not good at like describing scents, but I know that they describe it as kind of like a fresh, like it for me, fresh and like mus- musky. Is that the word? Musky? Yeah. <laughs> musty mus- sounds bad. Not musty. <laughs> <laughs> musky. It's, musky. It smells um, musty and crusty. Buy yeah. it. <laughs> but the first scent that like is overwhelmingly that you smell first is like pink peppercorn. So it's really interesting. Oh. But yeah, I like it. I'd recommend. Interesting. I'll have to sniff it the next time I'm yeah. at your place. Yeah. That's what, that's what's hard is like there's no in-person opportunity to yeah, smell with it really. Glossier. So you, yeah. yeah, you got to like – you got to take the risk, which is why I think the solid is a good option. Yeah, that's a good point. So for my favorite, I am pretty sure that I never brought this up before – But this is one of those recipes that, like, I go through phases where, like, I will eat this every single day for breakfast, and then I I never want to see it again because I've had it for six months straight. And then after another six months, I, like, want it again. And it's this banana oat pancake recipe. It's from a blog. I'll link it down below. But it's from a blog called A Mindful, F-U-L-L, like, play on the word mindful, A Mindful Mom. (laughs) I have uh, some news for you. What? As you were talking, I I like Googled in our scripts the word pancake and you have had this as a favorite before. Have I really? But I think it's worth it's worth mentioning. That's again, yeah. so funny. Okay, well in January twenty twenty one, like a year ago. So that's funny see, to yeah. your point of the cyclical right. yeah. So at the very least you know I'm not a liar <laughs> or an intentional <laughs> liar. Um, that's so funny. Well, I'm bringing it back because I'm back in my banana <laughs> I'm in my fitness era, I'm in my banana oat pancake era. I wonder if they correlate. That'd be funny if every time I'm, you know what I mean? Uh, But I'm bringing this one back around because they really are so good. And clearly I like genuinely very much like these pancakes if I'm bringing them up again without even knowing that they were already on my mind a year ago. So if you had, if you didn't try them last time around, this is your sign to try them. They're (laughs) real good. Um, And they're like really simple to make. They're like a blender batter. Mm -hmm. So you put everything in a blender and they're like very basic ingredients. I hate when you like look up quote unquote healthier recipes and like all the ingredients are like these weird things that you have to go to like yeah. a health food store to get. Yeah. They're like use this the is... literal 
like tears of God and flecks yeah. of gold. And you're like, excuse you're like, me. You can find the tears of God at this one new North Carolina based <laughs> health yeah. food store. You can ship it to your house, but it'll cost you $27 to ship it. And I'm just like, what is going on? This is just like literally bananas, oatmeal, like rolled oats, um, vanilla extract, egg, almond milk, probably something else. I think like a pinch of salt. Very simple, very easy, very delicious. I like to do a little drizzle of maple syrup and some like cut up strawberries on top. And yeah, so definitely check it out. Um, Sorry to be a favorite repeater. Embarrassing. I'm sure it's not the first time. I I just felt like when you said it, I was like, I feel like you've said this before. It's funny. Yeah. When I was writing it down, I was like, I don't know. I just have this feeling that I've talked about these before, but I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to put it. It's just the truth. It's what I'm loving right now. No, it's probably not the first time. Um, Yeah. And I feel like what you were saying about like having very cyclical breakfast habits Mm -hmm. is so true for me also, but I feel like it's true with specifically bananas. Like- yeah. I like bananas for like four months of the year. Yeah. And then I like hate them and I don't buy them anymore. So anyway, I'm the same way with know. eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. And there was one time, quick story. There was one time that I literally was making eggs. I was in an egg era and I was making eggs and I like got a and you got the ick. of the eggs and was like, yeah. I can't eat this. And I think I had to like literally scarf it down and like try <laughs> No, I've had that too. Like you make eggs and you're like, this is not hitting the way it was supposed to. And you like overthink it. Yeah. No, I get that. You get the waft of the smell and you're like, I need to abort. (laughs) But then I'm like a poached egg person at the same time. So I'm like, for like, what is it? You know? I don't know. It's weird. So let's move into the interview with Sophia. All right. So moving into the interview portion of today's If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. Episode, we are so excited to welcome Sophia Solis to the show today. She is a 21-year-old fashion influencer turned tech startup founder, so we're really excited to talk to her about Klaya and her 
project management software and just all of her experience in the startup world, especially coming from a, a non-technical background. I think it should be really interesting. So, hey, Sophia, how's, how's it going? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have you. Yes, for sure. So just sort of diving into some intro questions, um, based on our research and Instagram stalking, uh, it looks like you're still currently a student. So where do you go and what are you currently studying? So I go to the Fashion Institute of Technology based in New York, and I am majoring in fashion business management. So yeah, it's definitely in the fashion industry. It's very fun. Um, I've been doing actually online school for the past two years, so that's definitely depressing. But yeah, it's it's a fun major. It's a fun school. Are you doing like an online program or have you just been remote because of COVID? Yeah, I mean, I moved to Florida because of COVID. And Mm -hmm. I figured it's easier to stay here and finish um, my major. And then hopefully I'll be moving back to New York soon. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, I feel like I've seen... um... I've like at one point I was on like FIT TikTok for like no reason. <laughs> like like I fully live in Boston and like I'm not a fashion influencer or anything, but I would like get all these videos of what people wore to class, like type of videos. Yeah. Um and it's so it's so crazy. People really be stepping out. I mean, as they should, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly my first day at FIT, I felt like I was just looking at Pinterest in real life. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. so surreal. Yeah, everybody, it's, it's just crazy how everybody has different styles and they literally go mm-hmm. all the way. So that's like definitely one of the things that I love about New York. You can truly express yourself and your style without any judgment. Yeah, that's what you were saying, Kylie. Like you feel like you can't really like step out as much as you would want to. Yeah. In- yeah yeah we went to a concert and I wore like it really wasn't even that like crazy of an outfit but it included like a holographic cowgirl hat and like all the stuff and I I said to Anya I was like the way I could wear this in New York on a Tuesday afternoon and no one would bat their eyes at me but I think I'm stepping (laughs) out for a concert in Boston it's just funny like you said how people like they really express themselves through fashion in New York I don't know what it is but people just aren't afraid to wear what they want (laughs) Yeah, I definitely feel that, um, especially since I moved to Florida after sure, living yeah. in New York. And I felt like I could definitely not wear the same outfits or <laughs> I would like, you know, get those stairs in the street. And so, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite things about New York. How everybody's just like out there and yeah. mm-hmm. people don't really care. They just like walk by and there's like, oh, another day in New York. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Uh, it sounds like you – did you mention you're a senior? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah. I for, you're forgot a to mention that. Yeah, I'm a senior. So um, what are you looking forward to after graduation? I know it, like, sucks to be a senior and you have people ask you, like, your plans, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be career-related, just, like, something that you're looking forward to once you're not so tied down by school. Um, I'm actually looking forward to just doing Kaya full-time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the dream, just to be able to grow it and run it full time. Um, before I started Claya, I actually wanted to work, obviously, in the fashion industry, especially specifically in trend forecasting or product development. So yeah, and aside from, I guess, like career wise, I'm just looking forward to not have any other assignments, quizzes, exams, <laughs> to finally mm-hmm. be free of <laughs> all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to finally graduate. It is nice. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to not study for anything. That's like the best <laughs> part of being a real adult. Um, so kind of moving into Clia, since you brought that up and talking about launching your own tech startup, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the idea for Clia and where that came from? Yeah, so throughout my journey as a content creator and also college student, I've always had to balance um, content creation with, you know, schools, school internships, um, part-time jobs and side projects and all of those things. Um, especially as a when I was a freshman or a sophomore, time management was not my strongest suit. And I was just balancing all of these different brand deals with exams and stuff like that. So I actually was struggling a lot to just keep up with all of it. Um, I was getting, you know, forgetting about deadlines, getting not the best grades and stuff like that. So I always wished there was a tool that would help me manage all of it. Um, obviously, there's talent agencies that take care of the admin for you, but I was not like a big enough creator to work with a talent agency. So I browsed and looked online um, for different project management tools that could suit me and that I could take advantage of. Um, so obviously, there's Trello, ClickUp, and all of those tools, but they are targeted towards freelancers or enterprises. And it didn't really suit my needs. Um, aside from that, I was only using my planner, which is obviously not the best tool because you close it and forget about it. So yeah, that, that's where the main idea came from. I was just trying to make my own life easier. And I was like, hey, why don't I create something like that? There must be people out there that can benefit from it, especially since a lot of influencers are college students or have a full-time job. And a lot of them go into content creation or want to become influencers because it's fun. But as you grow and get more brand deals and have more admin work that you need to take care of, it just becomes a chore. Like side hustle, obviously it's fun to make money out of your hobby, but it just takes the fun out of it. And there's definitely easier ways to do this stuff. Um, so yeah, that's the story of Kaya. I know that you aren't necessarily coming from like a software type of background. So how did you go about founding a technical business without like a technical degree? Like do you have like co-founders or how did how did you go about all of that? Yes, yeah, so I so when I first started, obviously I thought I could do everything by myself. I'm like one of those people that thinks I can get done everything by myself and I don't need anybody. Um which I obviously was so wrong about. Um, as soon as I started kind of like learning all the things that I need to do, as you mentioned, the interface um, and the technical stuff, I realized that I needed a co-founder and I actually found a good one. Um, but it took me definitely a while to find one um, just because, well, people in the industry say that your co-founder is essentially the person that you're married with because most co-founders spend more time than people do with their spouses. <laughs> so... It was definitely very important to me that we complemented each other's skills and not only skills, but, but also personality. So I found a technical co-founder and he takes care of all tech related. Um, and what's funny is that he also pushes me to get out of my comfort zone and, 
do more things. Like he puts pressure on me, which is great. And I put pressure on him. So we're able to balance each other out. Um, and to also push ourselves, I'm sorry, my voice, it's like <clears throat> <laughs> to push ourselves um, even like harder and faster um, to get things done. And how did you like actually find him? Like, was it through like mutual mm-hmm. friends or where did you do like some like LinkedIn outreach? Like what was, what steps I guess did you take or did you like already run in the same circles? I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I actually found this platform that's called Confounders Lab. Oh, and cool. yeah, I mean, they're like an okay platform. I, I don't know <laughs> if I would recommend them. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I got to meet my co-founder that way. So it served its cool. purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good pro tip. Because I've always wondered that like if you you know that you have a certain skill set and you know that you're lacking a different one, it's like, okay, then what? Like, what do you what do? you do? So Yeah. Well, I mean, there's different ways to get a co-founder. That's like one way. Another is obviously LinkedIn outreach or just asking your friends. Um, I asked my friends about, you know, if they know anybody who's really good at software engineering um, and they did point me to certain people, but it's just we didn't complement each other's in terms mm-hmm. of personality which was definitely a priority for me. So, it, you know, it was a, a whole process of just trying things out, different platforms, different ways to meet people, um, to find a co-founder, and one of them worked out. So, rest is history. I like that you compare yeah. it to, like, a marriage, though. Like, I, I would have never thought of, like, looking at it like that and recognizing how much time you spend with that person. So, sounds like it worked out for the best that you really looked for someone who complimented you in that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we are curious to ask if you feel like you faced any additional adversities because of your age, gender, or race, especially considering that, you know, you are a young female Latinx founder. Um, and if you've experienced anything like that, we hope that you haven't, but just kind of, you know, speaking to your experience on that. Well, circling back to the co-founder thing, Mm -hmm. um, I actually connected with a lot of software engineers who definitely judged me based on my age. Um, I actually recently turned 22. <laughs> so they um, they just see me as, you know, somebody who's serious about business, somebody who might just do it as a side project. Um, and that automatically makes them not interested in whatever I have to say, whatever I have to do. It's like once they know my age um, or once they see me kind of like be a zoom or video call whatever it is um they can tell that i'm young and the fact that i lack expertise in tech it's kind of like a con for me because they wouldn't take me seriously or they would just think oh she's an influencer you know and all the negative connotations that come with influencers um so yeah they they just didn't take me seriously. So I would say that's one of the difficulties that I faced uh, based on my age and probably also gender um, regarding my ethnicity. Luckily, I have not faced any difficulties yet. But a fun fact to consider is that out of all the companies and all the venture capital, only um, women only acquired or get two per- 2% of total BC funds. And that's like a statistic as of 2021. So it's just so crazy to think. And that 2% doesn't even take into account, you know, it doesn't break 
it isn't broken down further into minorities, LGBTQ, Hispanic, and women founders and all those different minorities. So I just think it's crazy to even think. I mean, for me, I'm actually going into my first fundraising round soon. And when I looked at that stat, I was like, oh my God, the odds are definitely not in my favor. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Yes, I actually, uh, I work in the startup world. And so I do know like the uh, the the major differences between uh, funding that for our startups that we see, like the intake funding for female-led versus male-led startups is so obvious, um, especially also including, you know, like non-binary founders, like there's so much work to be done. Um, but it's great that, you know, you're going to be a trailblazer in the space. And if I can help with anything offline, let me know. <laughs> um, I will I'll definitely let you know. Yeah. And sort of speaking of the startup world, I'm curious, do you believe that there's some sort of like pattern or formula to becoming a successful entrepreneur? Like, is there like one key quality that someone has to have from your perspective? I, so I don't know if this is like specific to entrepreneurship, but I would say just um, like specific to personal development. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that determination is the number one, I guess, like factor that I realized within the past year that's extremely important because, um, you know, when you are seeing, I guess, like different startup videos on YouTube or TikTok, whatever it is, a lot of people say you have to have the motivation. You have to love what you do. And yes, you do have to have that. But when you don't have the motivation, that's where um, determination kicks in. And you have to be determined to achieve those goals and to get to the next level, to get wherever you want to be. Um, you know, when you wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning to work, nobody wants to get at 5 a.m. in the morning to work, no matter how much motivation you have. So that's where you have to be determined to do it, even when you just want to roll in bed and keep sleeping forever. Um, and I say this from experience because that's me literally <laughs> every single day. Um, but yeah, I would say determination is super important. It's more important than even motivation, at least from my personal experience. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And I like the idea that when you don't have motivation, that's when determination kicks in. I really like that that quote. Um, but kind of going off of that question, what key activities or even like habits, I guess, would you recommend aspiring entrepreneurs invest their time in? Um, I would say learning. Um, ever since I started my entrepreneur journey, that was, um, I actually started just thinking in about Klaya um, last January, so January 2021. And ever since I started my journey, I have been learning nonstop, just because for the most part, I actually thought this was going to be easier than it actually is. Um, so every step of the way, every single day, I have had to learn about, you know, venture capital, how to raise funds, or even before that, how to design software what are the steps towards signing that and many different things so I would say if somebody wants to be an entrepreneur um, you have to learn and acquire certain skills for example sales 
um, you have to know how to sell something, how to sell your product or social media marketing, copywriting, you know, those are skills that every entrepreneur has to have. Just because when you get started, you usually don't have the money to hire people. So when you get started, you're like a one woman show and you have to do it all. Do you have to do all of it? So for example, me, I do the social media, I do the copywriting, I do the website design, I do everything that you can imagine that's not technical. So to be able to get those things done, I had to learn how to do it, how to strategize, how to do all of those things. So I think learning um, is the number one thing that everybody needs to put, I guess, like their focus on. And it doesn't have to be boring, like, you now like reading books, like you're in school. Um, you can be finding a mentor and setting up like weekly calls or monthly calls with them and just learning from their experience, learning from whatever they've done in the past. Or it can also be, I don't know, like reading books. <laughs> I don't know. There's different ways <laughs> to do all of that. Um, and aside from that, I would say um, kind of like getting to know yourself. And with that, I mean, how much can you work without you know taking care of yourself or how much self-care you need to be able to function properly um and I want to mention the quote you cannot pour from an empty glass just because Mm -hmm. self-care is so important for me like every morning when I'm not working or every day I make it a point to meditate or to journal or to just go on a walk or read something that's not business related so yeah I would say just getting to know yourself more um, and learning. No, I love that. I like that you take the approach of like, not only do you have to learn about, you know, all the business oriented things that you don't yet know, you have to learn about yourself too. And something that we always say to like the startups that I work with is like, you really don't know what you don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like um, it's such a journey of figuring out things as you go. And it is so important to like leverage your network. So if you can find a mentor a great thing to do but there's also lots of people that you know don't know anyone in this space and so I'm like not sponsored by Skillshare but <laughs> there's definitely like platforms and ways that you can learn for yourself too so I think that's great advice so kind of moving into the fashion influencer topic area here I know Kylie's excited to dive into this one oh, yeah <laughs> um We're curious um, what tips you have when it comes to finding your personal style. Obviously, you have a lot of expertise here, given, you know, the fact that you've been doing this work online and also studying fashion in school. So do you have any like hot tips for people that are maybe struggling to figure out what they want their closet to look like? (laughs) Um, Well, I would say and this tip might be super controversial, but just stay away from trends. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like I feel like whenever you're scrolling on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, whatever it is, whatever it is, you're just so influenced by all of these trends that it kind of like waters down your personal style. And you go to store and you want to buy something just because you see like a thousand girls wearing it already on social media. And I feel like that kind of avoids or I don't know, like makes you more focused on so, on trends rather than on your personal style. So one tip that I would give is just avoiding um, trends as a whole. Or, you know, maybe if you want to wear trends, just try to incorporate it into whatever clothes you already have that you love. Um, another thing is to just pay attention to 
what clothes that are already in your closet you absolutely love and feel confident and secure in. For me, fashion is all about wearing whatever makes you feel the most confident. Um, no, regardless of whatever style it is, whatever color it is, um, I- even if it's like not trending, I-, I literally don't care. I just wear whatever makes me feel good about myself. Um, so I would say just like play around with things that you have in your closet or just go to whatever store you want to go, like Sara, H&M, and just try on all the clothes that you can even think of and have fun at the dressing room. Just try everything on and then you'll kind of like figure it out what makes you feel good, what makes you feel insecure, what you don't like, what suits your body best and all of those things. Uh, but it's definitely a process and it took me probably years to find my personal style and it keeps evolving. That's like such a good tip to just go to a store and try on everything. Like I feel like everyone <laughs> goes to a store and tries on like the things that catch their eye, but there might be pieces that like you don't think to grab. But that if you just, like, decided to go in and try it on, like, you actually find you love. And that, like, make you feel really confident. I'm going to try that. That sounds like such a fun <laughs> day. <laughs> I'm yeah, looking forward to that. Kylie's dream life. That's my dream. Um, I also like what you said about the trends because, obviously, yeah. like, I feel like we're in such a aggressive trend cycle right now. Yeah. Like, with TikTok and all of that. And, like, there's so many micro trends that literally will last, like, three months and then everyone is like cringing at you know this piece in their closet that like everyone thought was cute and now is already like outdated um and so I think it's important for like your personal style and your wallet and the planet and I just hope that like as a society we can like move away from all of these micro trends and I'm not saying I don't participate like I feel like I'm equally you know enthralled by like the random hair clips that we see and like all of these things but I think uh, it's not sustainable for like any aspect. So oh, yeah. <laughs> something that we need to work on. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Like I, I definitely have fallen trapped to all the micro trends, especially last year. Like this Hawaiian tops and like floral prints and like pink cow print, um, mm-hmm. which now like, I absolutely hate. But not yeah. my literal phone <laughs> case that I bought last year. Yeah, That's so I, I still have those in my closet, but um, around mid last year, I actually made it a point to stop buying into all of these micro trends and to shop more sustainably. And that's what I've been trying to do um, for half a year now. And I absolutely love it. Nice. Well, that kind of leads into our next question, which is how has your personal style evolved throughout your life? Um, well, it went through some very painful <laughs> stages. <laughs> um, I literally cannot even just speak on my phone and look up the pictures that I took in like 2015, just because it was so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I mentioned before, it's all about kind of like trying to find out what you're comfortable in and what makes you feel good. And back then, apparently it was red shoes and just oversized everything. Hmm. um so yeah I definitely went through some like phases um but overall my style I would say it has always been me like I've always picked whatever from the closet and just wore it regardless if anybody else was wearing something similar regardless if everybody else was like in leggings and like sweatshirts I was always the one kind of like dressed up in school and everybody would always ask me like oh where are you going after school and I was like home 
What do you mean? Like, I'm not <laughs> overdressed at all. Um, but yeah, I would say that my style was definitely more like colorful before, and then I did fall into the like neutrals trend. That well, it's not really a trend, but everybody all like of a sudden, movement. yeah, the movement, <laughs> yeah, neutrals movement. And right now, it's like a really good mix and balance between like colorful fashion and also neutrals. So yeah, yeah, I feel like. I'm also in the place of like wanting to balance neutrals and colorful stuff in my wardrobe because I think I'm more drawn to color when I'm shopping. Like I'm like, ooh, so pretty. But then it's like you have to be realistic about like what's going to go with what. And that's so much easier to do with neutrals. And I know, Kylie, you mentioned like you'd love to like put together like a capsule wardrobe, um, which kind of feeds into like our next question, which is what are your tips for building up a wardrobe that encompasses your style but doesn't break the bank. So I know that a capsule wardrobe is like a great way to do that. And you mentioned that you've been shopping more sustainably. So do you have any any tips for, uh, you know, refreshing the wardrobe or like buying pieces that you like? Yeah. So I actually love the idea of a capsule wardrobe. Um, Mm -hmm. I just don't think I could ever do it. It's just because I'm like such a shopaholic. So even though (laughs) I try to like shop less and more sustainably I still like shop impulsively which is something I'm definitely trying to work on yeah feel Um, that (laughs) but I would say that just shopping secondhand has been amazing for me um I use apps like Poshmark for example where you can just buy stuff um I don't really use Depop much but I know a lot of people love it and just going thrift shopping it's a lot of fun it feels like a scavenger hunt for me and aside from that, like, I'm not against uh, fast fashion because obviously there's people who cannot afford, um, you know, higher end clothes, which is totally fine. But I would always say, and something that I've been trying to do myself is just when I want to buy something, I don't buy it. And then if I'm still thinking about it for next week, I go ahead and buy it. So I just mm-hmm. give myself time to process it and to think you know, what clothes that I already have in my closet could go with it. And, you know, before when I used to see sales at the store, I used to go crazy. I used to buy everything, like literally everything in every color, everything. Uh, but now, like I've been trying to change that attitude as well. So even if you see something in sales, like it doesn't mean that it's not going to be there. I mean, probably you won't, but you might be able to find something very similar and you know maybe it's a different color and the same style and stuff like that so when buying new clothes for your closet I would just say um stick to shopping secondhand you know it's not really um expensive even when you're buying from Poshmark and apps like that obviously there's resellers but there's people who are actually genuinely selling their clothes um I'm one of them I actually sell a lot of clothes um just getting trying to get rid of this micro trends um mm-hmm. but yeah just try to think about how you would style it um if you have clothes already in your closet that look very similar um I've definitely you know I'm the type of person that has like 30 different black tops in your closet and probably five of them are exactly the same top yet I <laughs> still keep buying it just because I forget that I have it already so it's very important to like know exactly what you have and 
to just think about like how to style it and when you're going to wear it. I feel like that's also very important because a lot of people like myself included um, buy just, I don't know, like certain dress and you think, oh, this is perfect for, you know, that brunch that I might have this summer. And then that time never comes around and the dress is still hanging in your closet for like two years. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just very important to be aware of the space you have, the closet, your budget and all of those different things. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of the wait before you buy it. Like when you see something, wait, see how you feel. If you still want it after a week, like you must really want it and see yourself wearing it. So I say go for it. But yeah, that's my favorite thing. And I think it's a lot easier now that online shopping is like really the way that most people shop. I feel like the pandemic really like took out mall shopping as like people's go-to way of shopping for clothes. Um, It's a lot easier to show that self-control and a control and not click check out on your like phone or on your computer and take a week so love that tip (laughs) I'm also trying to and I haven't really started this but I think I need to because my closet is like pretty small (laughs) but I need to get rid of something when I buy something like I feel like that's a new habit that I'm gonna try to work on is like if I want to add to my wardrobe I need to donate something and then I think that way it makes you like really think about what you have and also just make sure your wardrobe doesn't get out of control because like you mentioned you could have like 50 black tops and you don't wear any of them because you can't see them but if you're always going through your wardrobe and like reminding yourself of what you have and what you actually want yeah then that problem is kind of solved too so I'm gonna try to take that advice this year <laughs> we'll see yeah that's amazing I feel like it all comes down to just being aware of yeah. whatever you have the space that you have for me, like I've been actually donating clothes nonstop for the past few months just because of the absurd amount of clothes that I had. <laughs> and yeah, I, I was not even wearing like half my closet just mm-hmm. because I forgot yeah. I had it or I was just so comfortable in the other half of the clothes that I already owned mm-hmm. that it was like my go-to for everything. So the other half was completely neglected. Um, and then I realized obviously I have to donate it or sell it. Um, I kind of just like keep it like one bag in my room yeah for sure I feel that um so I am curious you know like you said you started as a content creator and being a fashion influencer so what is it like to run a fashion Instagram to be a fashion influencer and what would you say is one of the best parts of you know being a content creator and what is one of the most challenging parts of being a content creator um well I actually started my journey as a content creator back in 2017 when I went um, off to college. So at first it was kind of like a journal for me to Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, like express my experience in college and express myself. Um, So yeah, but after that, it kind of turned into a fashion blog and it has been... has been the journey it's been (laughs) challenging at times um obviously with time management and but Instagram I would say is completely different to having a blog just because it's more I guess now it's more spontaneous Uh, back when I was I started you would see this like perfect Instagram photos like Photoshop and all of those things it was so perfect and I would kind of like push myself to create a type of photos um which kind of brought me to a very bad like mental health wise just because I was like comparing myself to all of these other influencers who you know had prettier clothes more clothes and like better photos overall 
and I would just feel like I wasn't being creative enough. Um, I feel like I'm going on a tangent. Anyways, and having, I guess, like a fashion Instagram and running, running a fashion account, um, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, or a blog, I would say it's like very time consuming and you have to be able to differentiate um, kind of like your job from your life just because it all kind of like blends into one. Um, on Instagram, when you're documenting what you eat for breakfast, sharing your stories and talking with your audience and then posting pictures and all of those things it's like what you do for a living kind of becomes your life and you it was so automatic for me to not even be in the moment um without pulling up my phone and like recording everything when I was invited to influencer events I was on my phone all the time if right now you ask me like how was that event I was like oh I don't remember I was like editing stories or maybe photos um so it's every very um it's it's an experience. Um, I would say it's a very rewarding experience. So um, right now, I have actually taken a break from Instagram um, for the past like year or so, just because I was focused on Claudia. And as I mentioned, it's very time consuming if you actually want to grow. So that's the main reason why I decided to take a step back and focus just on Claudia. Uh, but I am actually looking forward to just sharing again and doing that part time again. So it's um it's a very demanding job in terms of creativity um I feel like there's this pressure in content creators that you have to always be putting up something new everything has to be new you cannot post the same outfit like three times you have to have new clothes new everything like new background um exciting things have to be happening in your life and, like, I live in Florida. I work 24-7. There is, like, nothing exciting in my life right now, <laughs> right now. And so I kind of felt that pressure that I had to be constantly creating different things. Um, and obviously, I put that pressure on myself. Nobody was, like, pointing a gun at me and telling me, like, oh, you need to create more content. But it's just this, like, whole, I guess, like, mental health issue among content creators as well. Um, like, perfectionism. Um, I think that's one thing. And also comparing yourself to other content creators um especially when you're just endlessly scrolling on instagram and on tiktok um aside from comparing your own content you're always comparing your growth and your journey to other creators uh which is very hard when you're like putting your all in whatever you're doing and then you see other creators grow faster but i think it's very important to remind yourself that obviously everybody's different and as long as you keep working and as long as you keep like putting I guess like passion into it it's eventually going to um turn into whatever you wanted to turn into um but I would say one of the most rewarding parts of content creation for me has been able to connect with brands and being able to I guess create this like friendships that I have most of my friends I've met through Instagram um, or at influencer events and those are my best friends that I would not, never change for the world um, so it's crazy to think that you know my little Instagram uh, or my little blog that I started back in college has made it possible for me to form these amazing friendships and also to work with brands that I never even thought would be possible like I work with coach uh, back in 2021 I think then I worked with Mentora 
and Victoria's Secrets even. Like, it was a mm-hmm. pinch me moment when I received that email. I was like, how are they even noticing me? Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a really amazing journey. And to think about the fact that even, like, if I never had started just oversharing about my life probably <laughs> on the internet, I would have never gotten to the point where I'm creating Kaya and I own my own business in tech, which is just crazy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up um, like taking a break from Instagram and sort of like the comparison and all that. I sort of started a fashion Instagram account. I actually, I built it off of my personal account. Um, and it's very small and I was towards the very beginning, but I kind of had that same feeling where I was like, this is so time consuming and mentally draining and I'm comparing myself to everyone and I just need to like take a step back because there's other things in my life that I need to focus on. Um, So I'm really glad that you like touched upon that because it is like very draining. It sounds so superficial to someone who's never done it. It's like, oh, it must be so hard to post your Abercrombie jeans to Instagram (laughs) every day, like boo you. But like, it is very time consuming when you want to grow. And sometimes like other things in life just take priority. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I'm hoping to get back to like the creative element as well and sort of reignite the creativity that comes with this it because it can get really lost when yeah. you're so like drained from the work <laughs> for sure and that's actually one of the motives why I started Kaya like mm-hmm. my whole I guess like inspiration for Kaya was to save people time so they yeah. can start like having fun again with content creation as you mentioned it's like sure. very mentally draining um just because it takes so much time yeah. And throughout my journey, I always kept thinking in the back of my mind, like, this could be automated. There's ways that you could save time doing this. And maybe I wouldn't feel so bad about myself now. Um, yeah. So that's actually why I decided to start Kaya again. And I think it's very important that you mentioned how people might react to you telling them, oh, yeah, I create content for Instagram. Just because there's so many, I guess, like, judgments towards the word influencer uh, people just think you're taking cute pictures and then posting them on instagram and you're getting all this free stuff but they don't really know all the work that it takes like behind one instagram picture you have to style the outfit go into the location take the pictures by yourself which sometimes is very embarrassing when it's just you and your <laughs> tripod it's yep. like, it's so bad um but yeah then you have to edit those and you have to reply emails negotiate with brands um, do your content schedule then before posting you have to engage with your audience and post on Instagram TikTok YouTube Twitter like so many different platforms that you have to pour your soul into if you want to grow and yeah, yeah so I, I definitely agree with you it's a, a very challenging and mentally draining journey but I think at the end like obviously depending on what your motives are it's definitely worth it yeah for sure and our next question, Kylie threw in the script, I imagine, slightly for her own selfish purposes, <laughs> but I'll go ahead and ask. Um, do you have any tips for listeners wanting to start their own fashion Instagram or break into that that kind of space? And especially to prevent some of the, the cons that you're talking about here, like the burnout and the comparison, um, what would be like your... Your biggest tips, I guess, join Clia, right? <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking to say that. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I would say if you're just starting your account from scratch, um, 
just make a plan and stick to it. I think one of the mistakes that I made when I was first starting out is that I didn't really have a strategy. Um, I was just posting things on the internet hoping, you know, to grow, but I didn't have like an actual strategy behind it. And when I say strategy, I mean like how many times a week are you going to post? How many times a week are you going to post on stories, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever platforms you want to post to? Um, also, what are you going to do to grow? Like, are you just going to create Instagram picture, post, post them, and then think that's your growth strategy? No, it doesn't really work that way unless you're very lucky. Um, so you have to have a hashtag strategy. You have to have a content strategy. What differenti- differentiates you? Sorry, I cannot pronounce that word. Um, <laughs> from everybody else on the app. Like, what's your, I guess, like, selling point? What do you know most about whatever you're talking about that nobody else can talk about? Maybe you had an experience with, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm going to say fashion. Maybe you um, really like, I don't know, like, girly fashion, and that's your topic. So, yeah, just try to differentiate yourself. And I would say another thing... Um, that right now I'm actually trying to incorporate is just to stop consuming as much content, which I know sounds really like weird, like stop consuming content, but create content. Um, but I feel like when you're scrolling on Instagram and scrolling up throughout like all of these uh, social media platforms, you let yourself get so influenced by other people's content that your own substance and your own personality, it's getting kind of like buried. And then when it's time for you to create that content, you're essentially not copying, obviously, but creating similar content than the content that you saw on those platforms. So instead of being original, like maybe obviously it's not, um, you're not conscious about it. You're not doing it with any intention of copying anybody or just being like similar to anybody else. But it's something that we do. Like I find myself doing that sometimes especially when you see the trends on TikTok. Um, so I would say just stop consuming that much content and create more. Um, and with that, you can also, I don't know, like set a timer on your phone and limit your time, the time that you spend on TikTok to like half an hour or something like that. That's what I've been doing. Um, another thing that I would say is, um, I know it's hard to compare yourself to others. It's inevitable at some point but I think you kind of have to have a certain strategy for when you fall into that loop of self-comparison for example what I mean by that is okay you're comparing yourself to this girl who grew faster than you did what now what are you going to do about it are you going to just keep complaining and like feel bad about yourself or are you going to go and take pictures and hopefully grow um like you want to grow or if you feel bad about yourself like put on a cute outfit that makes you feel confident or create like really good pictures that you feel proud about or listen to your favorite music and kind of like get out of that I guess like negative look like it's fine to obviously feel a certain way but it's definitely important to recognize that you are also unique you're also special like it's not that you're lacking something it's just probably not your turn yet Yeah, I really like that. Um, You know, things come with time. You got to be patient and your time will come when your time will come for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And also the idea of like, it is very exhausting to be constantly consuming content and constantly creating content. That's like a uniquely exhausting experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of along those lines, I know you said you took a step back um, from your personal like content creation journey, but between content creation, running Clia and being a student, how do you find time for yourself? Like what are some of your self-care activities that you use to um, keep yourself from burning out? Um, I actually make it a point to spend some time by myself every day. So sometimes um, when I don't have much work, I would wake up early and I would journal or read or maybe even like just scroll on TikTok. That's self-care too. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, I I would make it a point to just spend time by myself and to just relax for a little bit, even if it's only one hour, even if it's only like half an hour. And even if that means that I have to wake up at 5 a.m. So that's what I mean also when, you know, dedication kicks in. Um, I make it a point to, I guess, like, relax and just forget about work. Um, Another Mm -hmm. thing that I noticed that really helps me, and it's probably because I'm, like, obsessed with scheduling everything, is scheduling my days one day prior. Um, So the night before or even in the afternoon, I just go ahead and schedule everything that I need to get done the next day. And the reason why I do this is because after I do all of that, I can forget about the next day. Like, sometimes I go to bed and I'm like, oh, I need to get this done. I need to do this. Oh, what am I going to do it tomorrow? But when I already have everything scheduled, I can stop thinking about it. And I feel like it definitely helps me kind of like relax and do my nighttime routine um, and all of those things. But also another thing that I would say that has helped me is just find an outlet that's not content creation or my business or like student, whatever it is. Um, and my outlet for me has been like going to the gym and just spending some like quality time with myself. Um, maybe that also means like reading a book or taking a bath or going for a walk. Like wherever it is, uh, just find an outlet. Uh, maybe it is also like painting or just doing something you enjoy um, that's kind of like by yourself or with friends and just make it a point to make time for yourself. Because I think that's extremely important. That's something that I've kind of been working on in the morning this year because I feel like I'm like not I'm not not a morning person, but I'm not like a six a.m. person. I'm like a ideally like nine a.m. person, which is hard with work. It makes it like I just want to roll out of bed and start working, but at the same time, I hate that rush and that urgency. So I like what you said about like, even if you have to wake up earlier, you won't regret having more time to spend on the activities that you want to do. I don't know. Like, I feel like you are very rarely like, oh, I should have slept in for the additional 30 minutes. You know, you're usually glad that you made the time for yourself. So I like that tip for sure. So kind of getting into our final questions here. One question we ask every episode is what's one thing you want our listeners to take away? If there was just one aspect of everything we talked about today, what would you want their takeaway to be? Oh my God. I feel like <laughs> I talked about so many different things. It's so hard to pick just one. Um, I would say a lot of the things that I talked about today kind of relate back to um, making time for yourself and being confident and all of those things. So I would say... Um, just 
getting to know yourself. I think that's very important. Getting to know your limits. Uh, maybe if that means like going to therapy or I'm, I'm such a huge um, therapy advocate. Um, so maybe that means going to therapy or just journaling. I found that when I first started journaling, actually, I hated it. I felt so weird just like writing out my thoughts. But I feel like um, it's kind of like a big brain dump on whatever you're thinking, how you're feeling. And it's a really good step to get to know yourself, which I think is extremely important. So just taking care of yourself, get to know yourself. Um, and that kind of like can apply itself to different areas of your life, like entrepreneurship, career, um, studies, or just fashion, finding your personal style. Love that we are big therapy advocates on, and by we I mean I am a big therapy advocate mm-hmm. uh, and journaling. Yeah, love all of that. Um, and then our last sort of question before we get into our game at the end is: How can our listeners find you and get involved, um, either on your socials or on Clia? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Sophia Solis B, and you can find Clia's Instagram at Join Clia. Um, and you can also join Klaia at joinklaia.com. So join Klaia is completely free to use. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Nice. We'll Amazing. have that linked. Yes. Oh, jinx. We'll have that linked. Maybe to it. Down we'll below. have it linked. <laughs> so now we're going to get into a game of this or that. So we play this at the end of every guest episode. And we just have five rapid fire questions so you don't have to think too hard just oh my god whichever one comes to mind and we tried to make them a little fashion inspired so first one pants or skirts pants i agree i find it really hard to style skirts actually like i always see other people in cute skirts and i'm like i love that but i just i feel like i can never think of outfits yeah yeah i'm always like choosing the most comfortable option so (laughs) pants for me yeah, feel that. The next one is move to a new city or town every month or never be able to leave the city or town you were born in. Move to a new city every month. Yeah, I think yeah. I would pick that. I I agree, but I'm like the logistics. But at the same time, it would be really sad to like never see the world. So. Yeah, that's yeah. the time to put the capsule wardrobe to work true fit it in the suitcase yeah yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) this is a real og this or that question sweet or salty oh my god i literally cannot (laughs) answer that i would say um salty yeah me too me too i'm sweet but like i love sweet i'm just so sweet something salty (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel that the next one is streetwear or high-end high-end i wish i could be like a cool streetwear girl but i'm just not (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm not either (laughs) i'm an imposter streetwear girl i like to pretend i'm a streetwear girl but i deep down i'm not (laughs) yeah i feel that and the last one is get a tattoo or get a piercing get a tattoo do you have any tattoos now I'm such a chicken. No. <laughs> I'm just so scared of needles. Um, but I've always wanted to get a tattoo, like a matching tattoo with my mom and my sister. Mm, but I'm just so yeah. scared I never got around to doing it. But I want to. Maybe. Maybe. One this day. is the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Well, that concludes this guest episode with Sophia. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. And we will have everything linked down below so you guys can stay connected with Sophia uh, mm -hmm. after, after the show ends. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun today. Yeah. No, it was so fun having you on the show and getting to pick your brain about, you know, founding a tech startup and being a fashion influencer. The latter, selfishly, was very fun for me. Um, yeah. If you yeah. have any other questions, just hit me up. I'm happy to always oh, share. Yeah. I will definitely take you up on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and as far as finding us for Two Degrees Hotter, uh, we're on Instagram at Two Degrees Hotter. You can leave us suggestions in our anonymous suggestion box for any episode ideas or anything at all, really. Feel free to hit us up. And don't forget to give us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I think that's all the housekeeping items. So with that, we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Bye.